Is it is it recording? Oh my See, gosh. He's spicy. He's spicy. Told you he was on. Good on. evening and welcome to Off the Chest with Pecky and Dunny and Ryan. <laughs> this go. is what happens when the Pecky show ends and the mic stays hot. Are we sponsored by anybody on this one yet? No. Not yet. Can I give a shout out to the sponsor for the other team? Pecky Show sponsored by Xfinity. The Mike Pecky Coaches Show sponsored by Xfinity. See, this is why you should be hosting. It's your show. You should know who the main sponsor is. You dropped Xfinity like 37 times. I knew Xfinity's the main sponsor. However, I forgot the name of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot your name. Welcome, everybody. I'm doing great. Go ahead. Take us away. You're supposed to be leading, though. That's the problem. I don't want to lead. Okay. So let's dance, okay? I'll be the lead today. Put on your red shoes and How happy are you to have your family home? I'm very happy. How 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 does it change you? Like when when you have freedom of being home, you're like Macaulay Culkin for the first couple of hours. Yeah. But then once like you're walking around, your shoes are off, you're doing everything that Kim doesn't want you to do or doesn't allow you to do in the house. Like now, like what's what stage? Families away. Off the top of your head. It's number one. What's Mike Pecky do? Off the you're asking me how how what it's like off the top of your head. What? Give me one country in the world off the top of your head. It could be wrong. Hmm. That does not have an extradition pact with the United States. Oh, boy. Venezuela right Venez- now? Perfect. Yeah. Venezuela, okay? Put it this way. I, I look at it after the first day and a half as solitary confinement. Okay. It's terrible. Yeah. Meaning that if I ever had to go to jail, I would go to Venezuela. <laughs> okay? I would go to Venezuela. Because it, it to me the the the, the ten eight, eight to ten days after the initial Macaulay Culkin thing wore off, it was brutal. It really was. Yeah. You know. Um. And, and me, I, I'm somebody who gets completely wrapped up in my thoughts when I go to bed. Yeah. And and my wife falls asleep before me, which is every night, <laughs> and I'm laying there and trying to go to bed. My mind takes over. So imagine if I'm home alone, twenty four seven, take away the to. work, and I'm I'm talking to the walls. I, I actually had full on conversations with my two cats, you know, and I was I thought they were talking back to me at some point. So it sucked to be honest with you. How often were you on the phone with Freddie or Tyrone or any of the coaching staff? Did Not, you did you bug them? You run them up a wall? I mean, I annoyed them, but uh, I mean, I, I made them stay later at the office every day. Because you didn't have anything yeah, to do. because I didn't have anything to do, and there was really nothing more to talk about. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, what about what what about this 75th minute if the, the ball goes in this one meter uh, area in the field? What should we do then? And they're looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, I just want to stay here. I just want to stay here. Right, you know, I, subtopic. I know a lot of people are—, are they assume they understand what it, what it would be like to be a, a head coach. But scenario-wise... I don't like, know if they I, assume they understand. Well, they assume, sorry, I they assume they, they can do it. They, they assume they can do it, that it's an easier job than it seems, yeah. that why not in the 60th minute, don't you make that sub? Mike, it's the most obvious. I, I always try to remind <laughs> fans, like, if you're going to make the sub, who are you going to take off? Yeah, yeah. It's easy to add an attacker. Yeah. Like, how do, you, how do you find that balance? How, how do you guys go about your scenarios? Do you, I mean, do you, like, literally map out up one nil, down yep. two nil, down a man, up a man... Well, I'll run through that in one second, but I will say this. I'm convinced in the next, the way our life is, the way social media has, has just come a storm, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Snap, whatever whatever the heck it is. Snapbook. Oh, Snapbook, whatever the heck Snapple. it is. Over the, over the next, over the last 10 years, in the next 20 years in sports, I'm convinced that 
at least one team eventually is going to let the fans pick the starting lineup, mm-hmm. is going to let the fans in-game interaction with picking whatever it is, the consensus. They'll have the bars, you know, one side, you know, this guy, that guy going up and down, and then at one moment they'll press a button, whatever it's at, that's the sub's going to be made. I, I really think it's going to get there. Listen, I'm, maybe not 20 years, maybe in 100 years. I know you have one form of social media, and it's going to be not face snap, but it's going to be Twitter. Yeah. If Tyler Gibbons, if Giblets over here, can do like pizza emojis for the starting eleven off that was players, amazing. Or the uproar that that BBC that created BBC, and by the way, Bofo pineapple, pineapple. I'm a pine, but but that's not. I like pineapple, but no, not not even the pizza part. That all started with the way you lined them up in the pregame, correct? Yeah. He's not listening. Gibbs? I mean, yes. seriously? What are no, you doing? Giblets. Gibb- what are you doing? Sorry. Your master's degree over there online? No, it was because it happened with the LAFC game. That you lined up the formation uh-huh. the that was formation. like a 5-6 or something like that instead of in the... Yeah, that, like a am I wrong? formation because what happened in the LAFC game two years ago where you rolled out a different lineup, Yeah, you reached out and said, hey, I don't want to lie to our fans, but I don't also want to tip off LAFC that we're changing our formation. Because an hour before the game, yeah. it's released. Uh-huh. And you're saying, so you said, <laughs> don't put out the starting 11 lineup. And I was like, okay, how do, can I avoid this? I'm like Dr. You Evil. don't have to reach out to me on a game day. Yeah. We can create something. So you're saying it's my fault that this whole thing happened? No, and... I'm just saying you and That's Laura. That's exactly what he's saying. You, I'll finish no. it for him. Because I asked him, why aren't you doing, like, the breakdown. You just like, pulled the microwave phone away from me. Like, like you pulled the piece lying. of candy away from he's your kid. He's lying. Because <laughs> I said, why did you change it? And you said, Mike and Laura don't want me to. That's why. Is that, no. cor- is that correct, Giblets? Like, there's a hint of truth to that. Okay. There's a hint. I might be overdramatic, but yes. Because I, you know, listen, some, some teams don't care. Some teams just put a straight, some teams just do uh, alphabetical or numerical. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. I get it. Like if you're it, giving away tactics, giving away the conversation, making sure you have this kind of tree of trust of who you can have conversations about what your team's going to look like. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 scary. Have so, you but, been burnt? Have I been burned? Do you, do you not that think, I know? Of. Okay. You know, I, I I have I have thoughts in my mind over the last over my five years as a as a, as a head coach and yeah. seven years as a coach in general. I've had my thoughts. That something's something doesn't seem right here. Whether they were at our practice or they they knew beforehand that we were making a dramatic change in a yeah. position for a player, and they were all of a sudden, you know, they, their their game plan was to attack that side. Yeah, not because they the whistle blew and they saw. Wait a second, there's someone there. You could tell they worked on it. So there's been a couple a, a, a couple of scenarios. So but, do you do you trust? Do you not trust no. certain broadcasters? Before you say anything, no, no, I don't trust anybody. You don't trust me? Besides the person on my left and, and the two knuckleheads and the two cats at home. Okay. It's the only people I trust in this world. Well, you know, it's funny. I think as a broadcaster, there are people that I don't trust. That I know if I had a conversation about, like, preparing and, ha- and talking about the team or whatever. Yeah. If I ever spoke to someone, that I I knew it would run right back up the tree. And so I... I I just refused. Well, my answer a second ago was very tongue-in-cheek because probably one of my... Probably one of my worst, one of my worst personality traits over the last ten to twenty years mm. in this league was I am too trustworthy at times. 
way too trustworthy. So my point is, is that I am trustworthy. Do I think that you're telling another coach of what our lineup is? Absolutely not. Do you know? You know? Would I'd... I be surprised if I found out one day you did in this day and age? I would. I tip my hat to you. Well done, kid. Probably got something out of it. But That's I know you're not up. doing that. That's messed up. I know you're not doing. I see that. what you just did there. I did. You know, I've I've had coaches in my broadcasting career when I was doing national games uh-huh. text me, "Hey, what? Are, what? Are, how are they lining up?" And my response is, dude, I would never do it to you. Yeah. Never do it to you. Well, I mean. Because I think it's, actually, I think it's a shot at my integrity. Like, if you if you are willing to text me or ask me what how the other team's going to, after I've had a meeting with a coaching staff, it's because yeah. more, I think more national-wise, it's a, it's a different breed because you're kind of like, you're parachuting in. And even though you think you know a lot about the team, when yeah. you sit down with a manager and a couple players, you get... You get a better conversation. You know what it's like when you're doing ESPN or Fox. It's a little bit different. Um, but I look at it as like an integ- integrity issue. So either you're the douchebag or you think I'm the douchebag that's willing to give you all the in- inside knowledge so you can prepare. Ryan, is D-bag allowed on this podcast? It is. I got, I got the what, what can't we say? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get the list. list. Can I say... Chris Winger, Chris Winger dropped an F-bomb. On live television well, from StubHub Chris Winger is a very holy, Christian, um, God-serving, God-fearing man. I don't believe that. That doesn't stop him from dropping an F-bomb in the moment of emotion and conveying exactly what a fan base thought at halftime. <laughs> I remember and he that. Was, he, was, he, was, he became this iconic force, as long as it's not reported. Well, back, back, back to our discussion a second ago. I've actually had um, reporters— People in the media that I've known for 20 years now yeah. around the league occasionally would say, two days before a game, would say, hey, I heard I heard this guy, the team they cover, I heard this guy is, is injured, is a key player, you know? And I, I honestly, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I didn't turn a blind eye to it right away to my sister coaches. Hey, I'm hearing that this. Never solicited it. Yeah. Never asked for it. Never um, expected it, yeah. you know? And I get a weird feeling in that, you know? I, I, I don't like that. Can I tell you, the, one of my best stories has to do with you, with oh, coaches. God. What are they doing? <clears throat> I, the Jason, no, Jason Christ was the head coach. You were coaching New York Red Bulls. Okay. You were at Rio Tinto Stadium. And having talked to you, I knew Thierry Henry wasn't starting the game. And Jason came in and did the interview. And everything was talking about slowing Terry down mm-hmm. and having to... You know, try to displace his movement and force him back. And we, you know, you know, he's an impact player. And how do you minimize that? It's a whole pregame interview, right? And then the list came out on Twitter that he wasn't starting. Jason kind of looked at me and I was like, it's my <laughs> job. And he respected it. No, nothing, nothing, because yeah. he knew that he could, he would never ask me. Like, he, I wouldn't give up that institutional knowledge. I'm trying to think, I've only been to Rio Tinto to play against them one time. And I remember that game. What was? Did we win? Did we lose? He was he was available. He just didn't. Yeah, we tied. I think it was a draw. Yeah, nice. but he didn't. He didn't start. Nice. Probably the altitude scared him a little bit. Did he score? He came on and scored. My man, my man, TT. Yeah. Let me text him real quick. <laughs> nice dude. Uh, by the way, real quick story about Terry. Uh, when he it was his first couple of trips coming with New York, and. This is when they were staying at like the Hilton downtown or something. It was one no, of the first. No, it was the uh, the Radisson. The Radisson. Oh my God, it's <clears throat> actually pretty good. Kenny Neal set up a a meeting, like for us to do an interview with him, and it was after you guys got in a little bit late, and mm-hmm. he had to, he's like, "Can I just go eat and then I'll come in?" He gave us forty five minutes. He was brilliant. He and by him the, on a really good day. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, it was in the beginning. <laughs> nobody 
it was free. It was dress how you want. And I think only he and Juan Pablo and Hell were the guys that were like wearing polos and dressed in like New York Rebel New York stuff. Rebel stuff yeah. And everybody else was like wearing jeans and yeah. t-shirts and stuff. And you could just tell he had like a a genetic flaw with yeah. that idea yeah. of like yeah. not dressing as a team. Yeah. It like my, bugged him. My whole thing was that was that when I was coaching or I think I think it was Hans Bach at the oh, time. So it, was, so it was his first year. Yeah. Yeah, that was Hans Bach. Yeah. 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 But, hey, he was in, I mean, that's the only time you ever talked to him, or? No, 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 I mean, I, I've talked, but that was the first time on camera yeah. after he came over, um, and he was really generous with his time, considering it was a Salt Lake City broadcast. But and, do you know Do you know what his favorite team in the league was in all the years that he's played here? So I was there when he came up to Christ, and he was talking about the way that Christ had played yeah. his diamond. RSL. Yeah. Yep, he always, we, we, always, we had some pretty good conversations, him and I, with Robin Frazier as yeah. well. Because Robin um, was a big part of that architect, yeah, yep, about about uh, RSL and about how they played. Now, obviously, the league's changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. You know, different time, different times and stuff. But um, I always remember talking to him about that and him saying that you know he really respected the RSL the way they play. You know, speaking of that old, I think everyone kind of relates to that time. You know, the, they'll always focus on what uh, what the diamond formation was back then. Everyone gets, you know, because it is a genetic part, it's a DNA part of what RSL was kind of in the beginning. Of course. Because of Kyle and Will and Ned Grabovoy and Andy Williams and Clint Mathis and kind of all of these. Uh, the right players skill. in the right system, the uh, different day and age. You have that, to have a specific yeah. player to play a diamond. How many, how, many, how many teams play diamond in the league right now? Zero? On occasion, one. One. On occasion, one. Listen, we're going to take a quick break here. All right. We'll dive into this on the way back. Uh, stay with us. We have more to get off the chest when we get back. Welcome back, everybody. This is Off the Chess with Mike Pecky and Brian Dunseth. As we wrap up the final segment of this podcast, um, something that came to my mind, Brian, uh, that we actually touched on before uh, the Pecky show. So, Women's World Cup has mm. had unbelievable ratings. Yep. I mean, the biggest ratings, all right? Apparently, Nike just came out with, this is the, correct me if I'm wrong, the women's national team jersey is the <gasps> highest-selling soccer jersey in what they said was a season in history. Yeah. A season, I guess, is quantified by, I'm, I'm sure, uh, a couple of months span or something like that. It's amazing when you actually have sizes available and you make it in a, <laughs> in a men's version, men's cut as well. Yep. It's incredible how you could actually build on momentum and actually capitalize. Yeah. Wild. So all this all this going on, on top of that, the most important thing, is particularly the women's na- the U.S. women's national team, but I would argue to say... Uh, five to seven national teams in the Women's World Cup right now playing unbelievable, attractive uh, soccer that when people are looking at it, it is the right way to play. So mm. my point is is that take away all the hooplots going around it, there's some unbelievable product in the field. Unbelievable, yeah. Having yeah. said that, there's been a lot, a lot of interesting sidebars which are becoming uh, the key concept uh, which I think at times to some people's minds of this World Cup, the political stuff with mm. with Megan Rapino and 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 President Trump. Um, now AOC apparently has invited her because she's turned down uh, ahead of time. If they win, we're not going to the White House. Yeah. We're not going to the Ali Krieger said White as well, House. Yeah, yeah. But AOC says, "Well, why don't you come to the Capitol Hill?" And not confirmed, but from what I've read, is that 
you know, there there was definitely some verbal feedback, and and she then either she or the team might be doing it. Yeah. Then you have Sue Bird, her girlfriend, uh, Megan Rapinoe's girlfriend, who's an unbelievable WNBA star. Um, writes in the um, Players Players Tribune, Players Tribune yep. uh, today or yesterday. Today. And it was a really good article, mm-hmm. and she took us through the death threats, you know, and even looking on Twitter. Today and yesterday, people saying you should go play for another country. You shouldn't come back to this country. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just unbelievable because we've covered this in our uh, Pecky show and in, even the podcast is that, in my opinion, one of the greatest fundamentals of this country is the right to protest. Yeah. Is the right to say what you feel. It doesn't mean that people in this country need to agree with that. Having said that, have the respect that your opinion might be different than somebody else's mm-hmm. opinion. And because you don't have the forum of, say, someone like Megan Rapino, don't get butt hurt, you know, and start spewing venom. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, and, and we've talked about it a lot, uh, the trolls and the people that don't have their name connected to their account yeah. just spewing this venom. So I guess... That that was a long-winded way for me to ask you a question. Is this the two questions? Is this the most political World Cup men's or women's that that you've ever encountered? And how do you feel about that? Um, God, now you're rattling my brain about kind of the the political side for previous World Cups. Well, we had U.S. Well, Iran in '98. Yeah, well, which to I me mean, was even, the most political. Being in Russia uh, and and the homosexuality angle of would they be invited? Would they be persecuted for anyone traveling to Russia? Yeah. Same issue is going to be in Qatar. Yeah, I mean, for me, listen, you, you and I have done SiriusXM. We understand what that platform. We've been talking about Megan Rapinoe. We actually had Megan called in from Park to Prince right after the game and jumped on the line with Charlie Davies and I the other day. Um, and it is, and we had, you know, Laura Harvey last week, we were talking about what she went through when she was the head coach of the Seattle Reign when Megan first decided yeah. to take a knee and what the ramifications Great look story. like. Um, what I will say is that I don't think that with everything that this group of women has fought for, both on and off the field, over the last two World Cup cycles and everything in between, I don't think anything can upset their rhythm and harmony inside this locker room. I I'm think, not talking about upsetting yeah, their rhythm no, and I'm, harmony. No, I'm just putting that in context. Yeah. So the reason why I say that is because when something like this comes to the forefront, when 8x8 Magazine releases a tweet that shows Megan Rapinoe in January, a tweet that was in January, uh, you know, are you going to go to the White House? I'm not going to go to the effing White House and, you know... Obviously, we are in such a highly politicized environment where any type of athlete that decides to either speak for or against um, the president of of the United States has a Twitter account and is firing back at her. Listen, his wife is on the anti-bullying for all of social media campaign. What a contradiction. And yet every morning you wake up and you're like, okay, what did you say? (laughs) It's must watch television. It it is literally when when you you just never know. So whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're independent, whether you're just laughing at all of this happening, Megan will be acutely aware of whatever comes out of her mouth is going to be international news. And right now she is soccer. But what what I'm getting at is you just said it, you know, everything nowadays is must-see news. Mm. How much is it becoming... How could I say this? Because I don't want to diminish... To me, it's about the play on the field, and it's been unbelievable. They are the best team at the World Cup. Whether they win uh, the World Cup final or not, yeah. one more game is irrelevant. 
It's a one-off game. Yeah. They are the best team at that World Cup with rock star players on that field. Mm. How much has this taken away? Has it become too much of a circus? I mean, not only the political stuff, but the celebrating against, uh, was it Vietnam? or No, it was uh, Thailand. Thailand. Celebrating against Thailand. The sipping the tea today. from Loved it. I did too. Yeah. I did too. And I America's think that... sweethearts, yet they have a villainous side <laughs> yeah. to them. I loved every second of it. How much of that is taking, you know, is is taking away from what It makes it better. Is? For me, it makes it better. But it... for you, but for society. Yeah, but... Listen, we're in the most warped stage of what society is yeah. because of our political climate. Yeah. Anything you say is a Molokov cocktail. Yeah. Oh, you're an idiot. Oh, I can't. I, t- I think I don't even know if I told you the story. So last week we did the Megan repeat top member top five of five where it's like the five yeah, bullet yeah, points yeah. you might have missed during the day on Sirius XM. And one of them was Megan Rapino, uh, uh, this eight by eight magazine. They released this video and it's her in a candid moment. And I'm like, oh, fine. Well, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and I understand what she's saying, what she is saying. And not so eloquently in that moment, but the follow-up was, we have a president that does not support my community and her community, specifically the LGBTQ community. So I understand what she's saying and why she's saying it. Um, For me, it is less Democrat, liberal, uh, right-wing, Republican, independent. For me, it's um, a platform for Megan Rapinoe to celebrate and— to represent, especially in the midst of Pride Month, um, an opportunity to represent what she feels is those that have had a tough time being represented. And that platform has provided her world-renowned ability to be on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Now, with that is going to be the hate. And by the way, I said this on Sirius the last two days. For all of the LinkedIn messages or Twitter or Facebook or direct messages I'm getting about Megan Rapino, you know how many men how many how many have been women? Zero. Really? Do you know how many have been men? One hundred percent. So well, how if there were zero women, I'm I mean my math again, my maths aren't great. And how many and how many have what's the positive to negative messages that you've gotten? I would say it is overwhelming seventy five percent positive, twenty five percent negative. But I, what I found interesting, and I had this conversation with my wife, is neither. I, well, to be clear, everybody knows my father's gay. I grew yeah. up within the gay community in San Francisco and in um, Southern California with Palm Springs. So, I, I, I've been, I've been in the deep end of that community, and I, I've, I've understood a different culture and a lifestyle that mainstream, uh, straight, you know, Midwest is never going to experience. In the midst of this, I see where she's going. I understand the consequences that come along with her statements. But I do find it fascinating that here's this woman, this strong presence that is an activist, that is an unbelievable athlete, and has this platform that she has earned to step on and people want to hear her opinion. I find it fascinating how many men are instantly aggressive and verbally aggressive in shouting her down or beating her down or taking away her ability to say or speak her her truth. Scared, bigoted weirdos. It's unbelievable. That's exactly how I would classify them. Now, to be fair, I've played in the U.S. Crest. You've played in the U.S. Crest. I think there's a conversation to be had when you put that jersey on, what the respect to the organization— 
and to the country is. I'm glad she's not taking a knee. I know that she's not bursting with pride and singing the national anthem the way some of the other countries are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can understand where she's. But that's coming the from. conversation that we had a while ago. Mm-hmm. Is that would I feeling a lot of the same way that she does? I don't know all of her views, mm-hmm. but the ones that she's made public, you know, I see relevance in them. The way that I would go about it is very different than yeah. her, but yeah. doesn't make me right, make her wrong yeah. or anything like that. But I respect that she has a voice and she's using that voice the way that she feels that she needs to and yeah. that she's going to make a change, you know? And I guess I'll I'll end with this. And I know you might have something to say, but is it too late for her to run for president in 2020? <laughs> I mean, are we are we at that are we at yeah. that the point? It, it, it's what I what I think is going to be a really interesting time is after. And by the way. How how conflicted were all of these guys that hate Megan Rapino and don't want her to wear the jersey? Yep. How conflicted must they have been when she scores two goals yeah. and knocks France out of the World Cup yep. and moves on? And does that pose to say? I mean, what, hey, like, yeah. Like, so what do you what do you do? Is gonna hate. Like, I guess <laughs> I'm kind of happy, but screw this girl. Yep. But like, hey, we're through. But like, she's the reason why. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting, especially post World Cup, to see. Um, where exactly she she starts heading? Um, because obviously, I think she has an interesting future ahead of her. That's my opinion, I, and I think Very a lot of people are going. A lot of politicians are going to yeah. align themselves with her. I think they already have, and try to man, let me see carve out a niche underneath what is going to be this massive, massive post-World Cup wave yeah. that she's going to get a lot of attention to. Because I give her credit, even though I might, I may not agree with everything that comes out of her mouth, yep. she is eloquent, she is descriptive, and you know exactly why she's standing up for what she believes in. Yeah, I think she's going to have a plethora of opportunities, whatever she decides to go through. Mm-hmm. She's going to have on so many different fronts, so many different forums. Well compensated. Every, well yeah. compensated if she if she chooses to be. She could possibly be the face of one side, uh, you know, yeah. in, in the in the coming years. She's a real and by the way, take away all of the all of the the controversy. If you knew Megan Which I don't. I've I've I don't know her well, but the times that I've been around She's genuine. She's we, a good person. We both love Laura Harvey. Yeah. Harvey, we respect her opinion. Laura and co-signs what, on her. And what yeah. she says about her, you only could believe, yeah. right? Listen, out there, want to ask a question? Con- contact us by sending a voice memo on your phone and sending it to digital at rsl.com. Off the Chest is an RSL Podcast Network production in collaboration with KSL Podcasts. Recorded at KSL Radio Studios in Salt Lake City, Utah. Produced by Ryan Al, the master. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I've never heard of that, but Stitcher and Google Play. Dunny, what do you want to say? See you guys next week. That's enough. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you guys or here. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Later. Like, hey, man, how are you? Shut up. Don't, don't, don't treat me like your kid. Don't, don't tiptoe me through this.